Welcome to Beyond the Black Letter Law by Prism Chambers, a platform where we demystify legal concepts for you. Today we welcome Gordon Stewart, Managing Director of Acura Fiduciary in Mauritius, where we talk about all things financial services and a bit of leadership as well. Hi Gordon, welcome to our podcast. Hello Joanne, <laughs> and thank you so much for having me. No pleasure, I know we keep missing each other because we were meant to speak a few weeks back and then well, life got in the way and then I went traveling and then you went traveling, so happy to, to see you finally. Yeah, I'm glad that we finally managed to get together. I've been looking forward to this and as you say, our diaries have just not been able to synchronize over the last month or two, so glad we could finally make yeah, it. I'm, I'm very, very excited to have you. And um, I know you've been teasing me about feeling nervous about being on the podcast, but you're actually a bit of a TV celebrity yourself. <laughs> I, I think celebrity might be a strong word. I think typically celebrities have fans that follow them. <laughs> I've yet to have a fan, but yeah, I've been doing TV now predominantly in South Africa since 2009. So not my first time in front of the camera, but no, look, it's always fun to do these. And as I just mentioned to you now, you know, kind of, you must be really scratching the barrel if you brought me along to these, these Come on, show. you're my star guest. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did that come about? How did doing TV in South Africa come about? It was actually an interesting story. So I remember we go probably going back to about 2000 and 2007, 2008. And we, the company that I was with in South Africa used to provide fiduciary advice to a guy called Brian Hirsch. And, and Brian is a, is a legend in South Africa with regards, you know, he's been on, he's had his own TV show for, since TV became, you know, in, you know, arrived in South Africa. And he's always, he's written articles in newspapers. So he's a, he's a real kind of media celebrity uh, from a financial advisory perspective. And Brian kept on saying to me, you know, you really should come on to my TV show. And I was along the lines of one day when hell freezes over <laughs> because it was it was quite nerve wracking. And then finally, I think he twisted my arm and I ended up on on his TV show. And I must say, and his shows are live. So, you know, I was terrified that I would get something wrong. But, you know, touch wood, it went pretty well. And then couldn't have been too bad because he asked me to come back again and a third time and a fourth time and yes I've been doing it now for what 13 14 years Amazing. so what is it that you discuss current affairs anything to do with the kind of financial sector very much focused on so Brian shows it runs every week and every week he'll bring in a, a guest speaker or two guest speakers to to cover a specific topic. I typically get brought in to discuss tax, fiduciary, services, wills, you know, that, that kind of angle. So it's myself and Harry Joffe, who's head of legal for Discovery. Mm -hmm. And we've been operating together as the two guest speakers now for probably eight, nine years. So there's a great dynamic at play between the three of us. And yeah, long may it continue. I've got my, I've got a show on Monday night coming up next, next week, Monday and then another one on the 24th of, of October. So you fly back and forth to Mauritius or do you, you, do you do it via Zoom? Or? So next week's show will be via Zoom because we just couldn't synchronize. I've just come out of SA and we just couldn't synchronize the trip with the show. But the, the next one in October, that will be done live. And then we go down to the studio and, and do the, do the 
do the show. Wonderful. So you've been in Mauritius for six Six and, six and a half years, years now. Okay, and was it a, a conscious decision to, to move here from SA? Are you happy that you moved here? It happened. It was, it's actually quite a funny story because my colleague who runs the Jersey office, a guy called Paul Douglas, and I've known Paul right back from the days when he was still based in South Africa with Investec. And Paul came out in, when would this have been? 2015. Mm -hmm. And he was out in South Africa and he sent me an email and said, you know, would we like to get together and have a coffee? And I said, no, that'd be fantastic to catch up. And he came into to our offices and we were kind of having a catch up and everything. And then it was the day that Jacob Zuma fired Nene as the finance minister. And I remember, I mean, there was chaos in South Africa. There really was a lot of panic. And I remember getting an email from Step and Step had all of these adverts um, for positions open. And I saw that there was a position available in the Geneva office for a entry level administrator. So jokingly, I just said to Paul, you know, <laughs> with everything that's going on in South yeah, Africa at the right. moment, can I send you my CV? And he, I think, responded back saying, no, I don't think you're qualified enough. And, but he, then the CEO of the company at the time was a guy called Xavier Isaac. Mm -hmm. And Xavier phoned me and we had a great discussion. And I think at that stage, it was really kind of talking about Geneva and, you know, Geneva is not for me. I'm not a Geneva person. And then, we had another catch-up call in January, because this was towards the end of December. I went on holiday, we had a catch-up call when I got back from leave, and Xavier and Paul very kindly offered me the managing director position in Mauritius. Now, to a South African, that was a far more appealing offer, just simply because we're very outdoor people. And I know Geneva's got, is amazing in summertime, but it's the white stuff that falls on the floor for the other half of the year that concerns me a little bit. So then they made, they asked if I would be interested in the, um, taking up the MD role in Mauritius. I spoke to my wife and she was, she thought it was amazing. And then I had to sit down and ask my two girls, one who was, I think six and the other one was two. I was trying to think, how can I explain to them what Mauritius is? And then it just- Have uh, they been before? Never, never. Oh, okay. uh, Have you been before? Never. Uh, actually, I lie, I lie. I, I came here for two days in 2008. I came across to work with, um, I think in those days it was SIM. And they oh, asked- uh, IQEQ, I think they're called. Them. Yeah, I think. And they asked me to come across and help with a, they had a South African client and they needed some stuff on. So I, I came across and helped them for, for two, three days. So then to come back to my two girls, and I was trying to work out how do I explain to them about moving to a country called Mauritius. And it just so happened there was a magazine that I, I used to love reading called the Go okay. magazine, which is all about outdoor life. Sure. And they had a double page spread of this picture that kind of overlooked parody with Le Mans in the background. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sold itself. So I said to the girls, we're thinking of moving to Mauritius. What do you think? Not that they really had a veto in this, but 
and they said, well, what's Mauritius? I think the oldest one said the youngest was still learning how to speak. And so I held up this double page this picture Mauritius. of, I said, this is Mauritius. And they were like, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> and yeah, so it was an interesting transition because obviously back in SA, I was the shareholder and the chief operating officer of a company, a national company in South Africa. So it wasn't just simply a case of packing up and leaving. But we went through that transition and I arrived in May the 20, 23rd, 24th of May 2016. And been here ever since. I'm surprised they haven't thrown me off. <laughs> no, why would they? <laughs> How have you, I mean, you and I have had many discussions offline about this. How? How have you found leading an organization in, in Mauritius? I really thought they were the, the absolute best of the best. Super professional, hardworking, committed, dedicated. And it was a pleasure leading them. But coming across to Mauritius, and I've said this publicly before, so I know my, my, my old SA team won't be too angry with me, but leading a Mauritius team is unbelievable. Uh, just the work ethic, the relationships that you that you establish with your team i never like to use the word staff i'm not a i'm not a big fan on this whole hierarchical i'm the boss you're the you know you're the the staff you must you're the workers kind of that doesn't sit well with me at all you know so but just amazing absolutely amazing so committed so hard working you know i'll get emails over the weekends where people are working i'll get emails late at night if they've got a task that they need to finish they get it finished so maybe i'm really lucky but incredible and just the nicest possible people the atmosphere that that we have in the office and it sounds so cliched but it's just like one big family Everyone looks out for everyone else. Very caring, nurturing, supportive. Ah, I could carry on and use up the rest of the interview just describing how amazing it is. And I think that's not just, you know, from my own staff perspective. I've been, I, I remember, it's, it's a funny story. So when I came across here, it was 2017. Yeah. And we had the STEP conference. I think it was in 2017, that STEP conference that they had down in uh, Flick and Flack. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to this and I felt like a fish out of water because I, I think I knew like two or three people. And I made the conscious decision that that is not how I want to be involved from a Mauritius perspective. Mm -hmm. And then the ATMC was looking for members to join its management committee. And I think I dodged a bullet because in the, at that particular year when they were looking for, for people to join the management committee, I think there was like eight or nine positions open and only like eight people applied. So I, I was kind of a bit of a shoe in, sure. but again, you know, just such nice people, you know, you know people like Assad, Mahesh, Shahed, I mean, they all took me under their wings. They could see that I was this wet behind the ears South African, and they really made me feel at home. They welcomed me in. And, you know, from there, I used the opportunity to get onto the, it was in those days, the FSC, I think it was a tech, a task force that I got onto, uh, did some work with the EDB. So I made this conscious decision to try and get involved in, in what was going on yes. in Mauritius yes. um, and to try and give back. 
because everyone had made me feel so welcome and so special that I felt that it was my responsibility to try and give back to the country that had actually welcomed me so, so beautifully. And then, well, then the Mauritius finance, uh, oh, then we had another. You're on the board, aren't you? Well, am yes, I wrong? Yeah, the Mauritius finance, yeah. So we had another Mauritius finance, uh, sorry, ATMC election. Somehow I snuck in through the back door there again. And yeah, it's been great ever since. And so, but where I was kind of going with this is that that first step conference in Mauritius, I think, as I say, I knew one or two people. But when I went back again two years later, because yeah, between, yeah. it was, it, it kind of struck home how many people I had met and how many people I knew, you know, from the EDB to the FSC to the different management companies. And so it's, it's been a great journey. I've loved every single second of it. Uh, traffic. Mm. Where do you live in Tavern. Okay. Yeah, so I get the uh, I did I get the commute through from Tamarind through to to Eben. As I say, the traffic is probably not my favorite thing, yes. but I don't think it is for many people. With the pandemic, have you changed your model to kind of a more hybrid working, or do you or are you one of those with a school of thought that oh no, I I, I like to be physically in the office because the you know you value the physical interaction. Yeah. So I think what COVID has taught us is that. It dispelled the myth mm -hmm. that for people to be productive, they have to be under the direct line of sight of their managers. In fact, we had increases in our productivity during, let's call it the two years that COVID kind of was on the island. So we were very lucky. I mean, well, I'm sure most, most other companies were in the same position, but we, as part of our disaster recovery, obviously we had systems in place mm -hmm. to allow us to work from home. Never kind of assumed that it would come from a pandemic. We always were looking in the direction of, you know, I don't know, maybe like, you know, cyclones and hurricanes, yeah, yeah, yeah hurricanes yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes, very short term. So when COVID did hit, it, uh, it did allow us to continue to be able to, to work as normal. It took maybe a week or two or three just to get everything settled down. And I think, you know, just it was a different working environment. And, but once we'd got past that, we, we, I think everyone settled in pretty well. And yeah, so we then carried on obviously working remotely. And then when, when, when they lifted all the lockdowns, there was still a lot of fear on the island, you know. So we just continued with working from home. And then also we were in the process of changing offices. So we didn't really have a proper office to go. So we just carried on working from home. So now what we've got though, is we've said two days in the office mm -hmm. and you can work three days from home. And the two days in the off, and if you're a new recruit, mm -hmm. so within your first year of, of, of employment with a cura, mm -hmm. you're in the office. And the reason for that is really nothing more to allow new joiners to meet uh, the older people, yes. because obviously now people are working different times, so you're not guaranteed that you'll see the same people in the office every day. 
and and also to I guess to soak in the value and the culture, the culture. And, that yeah. is exactly it so we work one day you must come in and with your team so the whole team has to be in the office and then your other day is that's a flexi day you can decide which day you want to come in just so that you're getting a different spread of people that you typically work with so no we we don't insist that um, people come in five days a week I think it's a little bit antiquated and I think where we're moving towards especially the world um, I think the work from home is now part and parcel it's it's now entrenched in in the working culture yes I, I tend to agree and coming back to your your company culture I mean you described your amazing team and I know that you wouldn't like to attribute any praise for yourself but do you think that that is a testament of your leadership style I would have to politely decline for the simple reason that, you know, we had, when I joined, that culture was already there. What the culture is driven from within. It's not a culture that I think any, any directors or managing directors have instilled in the office. I think that's come from the team itself. And I think as the leadership in the office, we just need to be there to to ensure that it continues by giving everyone the opportunity to you know to maintain that culture that we have. So no, Jan, I wish I could take the uh, the credit. I really do, but no, unfortunately not. It was there when I arrived, and okay. I just I'm just very thankful that it was there. How would you describe your leadership style? Is that not a question you should rather ask the office? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, you know, we had a... Acuro has a an organizational development company that we use to provide us with guidance on how we can steer the group as a whole and what we should be doing to motivate, you know, the people in the different offices. So we make use of a professional third-party company. And I think it was probably about two years ago they asked us to do, you know, these personality tests. Mm -hmm. And the result that came out was I was a helping inspirer, if whatever that means. But my leadership style, I think first and foremost, to me, the, word, the key is in the word, leadership. If you're a leader, you need to be in front. Mm -hmm. Don't be behind. Don't be one of those people that walks behind saying, do as I say, don't do as I do, and who pushes people from the back. That's not a leader to me. I think I kind of learned that skill in the army. Were you in the army? Yeah, I was. I did four, I four years. No. <laughs> no, I, I spent four in years in the army. Yeah, I spent four years in the army. And, and I, I will be eternally grateful. It was the most educational, period of my life. Forget, forget university, forget through work experience. That, I think, is what shaped me as an individual because it taught me what I think is my very core, mm -hmm. and that is you just don't give up. There is no such thing as I can't do this. I quit. Those words, I quit, just don't exist in my vocabulary because I've seen that no matter how hard and tough things can get, you'd be surprised what the human body can, can survive through. So 
you know that that skill that I learned in the army was you need to be the leader you know you you are in front if you are the officer uh, if you're the non-commissioned officer you need to lead your troops from the front they are going to follow someone who they respect who they trust who inspires them I'm not saying I've got those qualities but this is what it is on paper and you know the last thing that you want to do especially when you're in a in a let's call it a conflict situation mm -hmm. as a leader of a troop uh, or a squad of, of soldiers you don't really want to go storming into battle and look over your shoulder and there's no one there to support you so you need to to have that confidence or, or you you need to have earned mm -hmm. that to me is crucial you have to have earned because in my, in my opinion, there's three things that have to be earned. Mm -hmm. You can't buy them. No matter how much money you have, you cannot buy the following three things. That's love, trust, and respect. respect. Yeah. You can't buy those because yeah. they're intangibles. And so therefore, you know, you need to have the respect of your staff. You need to, they need to believe in you because as a leader, you're choosing the path, you're setting the direction, and you want them to follow you. And so therefore, autocratic, bureaucratic leadership, I, it may have a place in certain situations, but I think when you are working with skilled professionals, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a place in, in the modern and business environment. You know, micromanaging, not, not, I don't like it because again, as a leader, you should be looking forward, knowing and trusting that your team are with you. If you're micromanaging, you're one, you're looking forward with one eye, but you're always looking back with the other yeah. and you can't, you can't move forward like that. You're going to move forward at a much slower pace. And I think also when we're looking at, as I say, when you're working with professionals, we're not, these are people who have got degrees, honors degrees, master's degrees, they're professionals, you know, they're chartered secretaries, they are, you know, ACCAs, FCMAs, you name it. They're not babies, they're not children. Treat them with the respect that they deserve and you will get so much more from, from the people you work with. Yeah, and also one of the things that I've, I'm learning as well is that you know, when you get to a certain point in terms of, of experiences, you you feel that, not that you know it all, no one knows it all, but that you have a certain way of doing things, but knowing when to sit back yes. and let them do it, albeit them making some mistakes along the way and not trying to intervene at every step of the way as well. Yeah, I think, you know, you need to step back and not be controlling. 